Yo, welcome to True Ballers Podcast. What's going on, Chris? What's going on, A-Benz? How we doing? Good to be back. Good to be back. We got the, the trifecta. Back together. We it's got the, the trifecta. Dude, it's the easy life. It's the easy life. We got Jim Hart. We got Jim Harden on the team in the Nets land. It's fine. It's all going down. Hey, Benz, I, I love the red, uh, the red beanie, bro. Are you, are you repping them Buffalo Bills up there, or are you just Come wearing? Now, bro. A- Come on now, bro. Don't play me. Don't play me. I'm definitely not repping the Buffalo Bills. You know, it's just a little sense of style. You feel me? Style, <laughs> freestyle, like Clyde the Glide Frazier. So you know, got a little inspiration from him. That's all. And it's all cold. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's true. So put on a sweatshirt, bro. Or are you trying to flex? No, if I was trying to flex, bro, I'd just do that. But <laughs> uh, verbal meme for those who aren't watching. Uh, a Ben's just flexed. Uh, <laughs> so um, honestly, in case you're not very, watching very, the, the, very you- on that note, just just for one quick thing, one minute. I recognize my new favorite person in this world. I was at the gym today. I went for a swim in the morning. I get out of it. I come back into the locker room and I just see a guy shirtless in the men's locker room just flexing in the mirror. Let's go one side to the other. And I was just like, I was like, you, sir, you get it. Just <laughs> only a towel on, just straight up flexing. That was that was just a personal little story there. So that's my new favorite person. I, if you're I that could guy, never I could never I couldn't I could never take pictures of myself in the gym. I see, you know, A Benz, I see you you giving a little a little a little sneak little pe- sneak preview on the on the Snapchat. That's uh, it. Chris, Chris, I don't know where you're at with that. I've never been able to 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 actually take a picture of myself in the mirror at the gym. I wish I was I wish I had the confidence. I just don't have the abs. I don't I don't have I don't have the muscle the muscle tone. So I'm just not there with it. Eric, but, you just come come join the dad bod life. You'll enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I'm like uh, I'm strutting. I'm in the middle right now. I, I feel like if I just made the jump, I'd be like I'd be so much happier. Oh. <laughs> just in general. All right, all right. Enough of that. Enough of that. Let's talk some ball. We got all right. This is what we're gonna do today. At the beginning of the season, we gave you guys some of our MVP predictions, the odds that we liked. We gave you the our uh, most improved player predictions as well, and and rookie of the year. Today, we're gonna go through who we see as as being the the favorites in those categories. Maybe some good value odds if we have any. Obviously, always going by those DraftKings odds. Um, and then we're gonna give you a quick update on our betting competition for the rest of the year so i'm super excited about this um so we're going to start out with the mvp update now we start out obviously chris you and i and you and i actually bet on jason tatum and and i think a benz you were on board with that as well but uh a we we bet on jason tatum it's tough with him because jalen brown is currently like maybe their best player so it's even though they're both playing pretty well, it's it's kind of tough. And they've had so much trouble with COVID and and missing games and not having as many games as some of the other teams. Um, so, you know, that's who I'm hoping is the MVP. But I'll go ahead and tell you who I believe if the season ended today, this is who I believe would be the MVP. And it was between for me. I know we said to pick one. I didn't pick two, but it was between for me the obvious choices: Luca and and Joel Embiid, who who I faded at the beginning of the season. I faded the Sixers. I faded Embiid a little bit, but I watched those Sixers. Man, I went to Philly last weekend. Have you ever watched the Sixers with ten people from Philly? I th- okay. there was playoff. There was playoff football on, and we were watching the Sixers versus the Grizzlies regular season game 
way over that. And if it went to commercial, we might go back and check on the score of the fo- of the playoff football game. But crazy, they they're nuts, man. Anyway, shout out to the Philly crew. But anyway, so we were watching, and I was like, that Joel Embiid was out. I was like, damn, this guy is so crucial to the team's success. <laughs> they could not do anything offensively without him. Barely anything it, defensively too. It was it was difficult. The guys averaging 25 and 12, their team is really striving. And, you know, as, as good as I, I I think Luke has been really good. He's um, he, he's just, I think he's underwhelming a little bit, maybe is the, is the right word. And, And maybe that's not fair because you shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily not be the MVP because you're not as good as everyone expected and that your team's not as good as everyone expected. Cause he's still averaging close to a triple double. I mean, let's not, let's not go crazy here. Another one that I'm sure somebody's going to mention is King James. Right. But I'm thinking about the storyline here. I'm thinking about the storyline. It just hasn't been him with Giannis as well. I just think that three in a row, it's tough. What's the, what's the stat on that again? There's like the last person to win three in a row was like Jordan or who is it? Jordan and Kareem. There's this, we'll get our stat stat guys on that. But anyway, I just don't think they're going to give it to him a third time. It's all about, it's all about the writers. Harry, I just got the message in my ear. Apparently, according to a article that I saw in 2014, there has been no one to win the three straight MVP awards since I think it says Bird. Russell. So oh, Bird, 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 Bird sounds Bird, right. Bird, Bird sounds right. Since Bird. And pr- and prior to that, it was uh, Will the the still Chamberlain and Bill Russell. So those are the only three players in NBA history to go back to back. To yeah. Back. So th- so so yeah, I don't think they're gonna give it to Giannis again. So I just think storyline wise. If the Sixers continue to play really good basketball, if they end up being the one seed in the East, which, you know, I didn't think would happen, but it seems like it's definitely possible. I can see him being the MVP just because of how crucial he is to that team's success. Hey, Benz, what's on your mind, pal? I got a lot on my mind. This one was actually hard. You know, I will say that um, Joel was definitely up there for me. King James out of respect for year 18 and they do have the best record in the league right now. Um, he was another one, but I'm going to go with somebody else. Again, this is my prediction, you know, it's still early in the season, but my man's averaging a triple double right now, as we speak, Julius um, Randall, no, no, no. he, he, uh, he plays, he plays in the mile high city and we know him as the Joker. We call it Jokic. Okay. I love so it. he's averaging he's averaging 25 points a game, 11, 11 uh, assists a game, and just a little above 10 boards a game. So he's averaging a triple double as a big man, something we've never I've never seen it before. So even though they're six and seven right now, they're trending up. Shout out to the Toronto Raptors as well because they are trending up as well. But I just think that without Nikola Jokic, the Denver Nuggets, I mean they're under 500 right now. They're one game under 500, but without him. I don't know where the team would be. Jamal Murray's it he's not showing up the way we thought he was going to show up. We thought he had a breakout uh mini season in the bubble and uh playoffs again he uh had a fabulous playoffs but without Nikola, I don't even think this team is in contention to make the playoffs. So that's why I'm going with Nikola. We've never seen a what do they call him now? Point guard center? Point, Point center? 
Um, like I yeah, said, yeah, he's I not seen even a forward before. though. He's a center. Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's legitimately a triple double and he's doing another defensive end too so um he's improving down there and he's he's tough so i gotta show i gotta show some love and nikola jokic keep doing keep killing i think they're gonna trend up harry that's one of your picks like i said um let's let's keep it up joker i like what i'm seeing chris and, and, chris uh, I'm, I'm ready to go i'm ready to go you're ready i have to say is Harry, I'm utterly shocked that that the name Nikola Jokic didn't come out of your mouth with how high you were on the. On the I, I was gonna wait. I was gonna wait until you you finish, but I'll just say it now. I I'm not a believer in a player winning MVP when their team goes under 500 and really is unimpressive compared to what they should be. So I'm not saying that they're going to be under 500 at the end of the season, but as of now, if you ended the season today, you can't. In my opinion, they're at what in tenth, ninth, tenth place in the West. You can't, my like. I'm a believer. Like I love Russell Westbrook and what he did that year. That he he averaged a triple double and surpassed Oscar Robertson and all that stuff. Russell but it's Westbrook's it's all about it's it's all about the it's all about the storyline. Like I said, um, you know, I was reading something like I was reading something the other day actually in a book that's all about basketball data analytics and what it says what the what the book said was that those awards all the awards are a popularity contest and i mean that i don't mean that to degrade anyone who's ever won an mvp before but basically it's saying that the guys that have the best stats the guys that analytically are the best don't necessarily always win because it's all about who's the best storyline. That's what we keep talking about. Who's going to provide the best media, media, uh, media content if they win. So that's why I think Jokic would be a great storyline, but the Nuggets got to improve as a team. Well, Harry, I'm really glad you said that because that's exactly where I wanted to pick up. Because I think of the all the people's odds and as DraftKings, as of right now, where I look at it, Luca plus four hundred, Giannis plus four fifty, Kevin Durant plus eight hundred. When you look at those three, Luca, the values kind of sucked out. Giannis, I don't think they'll give it to him three times in a row. KD's going to have to split time with James Harden as well as Kyrie once he comes back, possibly tomorrow night. We'll deal with that later. But the next person on the list is Nikola Jokic and plus twelve hundred. <laughs> I have plus 800 when I look at DraftKings, but I could be wrong. But either way, I look at I look at Nikola Jokic, and statistically, like you said, Harry, he's that dude. He is putting up stats that are absurd. And to go off of Aben's uh, perspective here in terms of assists, the last person who was a center that led the league in assists was Wilt Chamberlain. That's because he got pissed at a writer and who said he couldn't pass, and he just decided to do it one year because he's Wilt still. But that's beyond the point. He currently, if the season ended, would not win the MVP from that standpoint of a narrative. But the thing is, it's only like 12 to 15 games in the season right now. And if you look at typical NBA history, the MVPs always make that late run come February, pretty much February. That's usually the month where the MVPs won or lost, especially by a guy who comes out there and and lights on fire. If Nikola Jokic and that Denver team who's going to get Michael Porter Jr. back who's continuing and going to be one of the better teams in the West, the value's there for him to win. And then to second off what you said, Harry, and I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad, I'm glad everyone kind of brought this name up too. Joel Embiid is a monster, an absolute animal, just a savage, whether, and it's 
offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, he is their anchor. It helps that they have Dwight Howard and it helps that, that he's able to kind of spell a little bit defensively and be someone who's going to get a nice shot block here. That's going to make people say, Ooh, ah, but in general, Joel Embiid's the guy that locks it down and, and is the key for them making this season work. So I would look at those two guys and say, that's easy cash money. Our boy, Jason Tatum. I still got faith in him. Let's go. Him Let's go. Play. Because again, they're continuing to win and come the end of the season, their record is going to be pretty damn good. And as long as he comes back and continues to be what he was prior to it, he'll continue to be in the media's eye and everything like that. And if I'm not mistaken, when I look at DraftKings right now, his odds are well lower than a majority of other people as well. So those, those are, those are the three I'd eye in on, but as of right now, it's clearly Nikola Jokic is, is probably someone who I would think will have the narrative once this team decides to pick up. So I, let me ask this then. What, what do you think is, what do you, all right. What do you, which scenario of the following do you think is more likely? Do you think that Nikola Jokic Get, they get Michael Porter Jr. back. They get all their guys healthy. They start winning games, and Jokic keeps up this this triple double average. Or 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 and or it could be both. And or Joel Embiid stays healthy for a whole season, and the Sixers make a one or two seed in the East, and he averages and he keeps up his average. Which I believe, if he stays healthy, he will keep up the averages he's putting up. The thing about Jokic is. You, you guys keep saying it's only 13 games and the, and the Nuggets will come back. I'm kind of thinking that, too. It's only been 13 games and his averages should regress. I mean, if they don't, they, they could. They, maybe they won't. Maybe they won't regress. I hope I'm wrong. I love my man. I love I'll the Joker. This way, I think Malone has made the decision to run the offense through Jokic. For better or for worse, they're doing it. And when you look at what Jamal Murray's doing, and he's he's got to be better from the statistical standpoint. He's playing the team basketball, and I get it, but 23 and a half and four assists, three and a half rebounds yeah. and four assists is shocking from a point guard number, especially after what we saw. Because Jokic is 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 his usage rate is it's is so through high. the roof. And like that's I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that they could possibly win more games than five than a 500 average with Jokic with Jokic handling the entire offense you think so yeah I, I feel like it might be a factor of that that's what I'm saying is that they're they're relying too heavily on Jokic and don't have enough other pieces to 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 give I mean, him some breathing I mean room. if we look at the bubble last year in the playoffs that the high the high usage rate was was high for the both of them and I think right now as Chris just mentioned Jamal Murray just needs to step it up you know, we're not asking for him to have 10 assists a game because I think Jokic could really run the offense. And I think in the system that they're, that, that Malone has has uh, out there in Denver, I think uh, he just needs to just play better, you know? Jamal Murray's not playing I up agree. to his caliber. I agree. I think that I, I was, I was going to say, though, like Murray also averaged like 40 points in the playoffs. So it's, it, if, that's wow. what you, if that's what you need – if that's what you need to win games, that if you're the Nuggets, it's not going to happen. But that's that's, that's not he's not going to average forty over a season. But I think that's what they needed to do to win playoff games and and those kind of things with implications where it's like you're going to have your ball handler have it in, your, in his hands. And I think that still might hold true come later. But I think during the regular season, if you want to get everyone involved and you're going to continue to try to develop someone like Michael Porter Jr., 
Jamal Murray taking a step back in the offense is not a far-fetched thing. But again, the question is, do I think the Denver Nuggets can turn it around and start winning games? Do I think Joel Embiid's going to stay healthy for a season? I'll take the Nuggets winning games. <laughs> and I'm going to agree on that too. And that, and that was the, one of the biggest concerns for me is his health. We, we know that, you know, his knees, his back uh, later on in the season, he's not playing back-to-backs right now, but there's always something with Joel. And I think, and I always go back to, to it with Joel. Was he, did he do what he needed to do in the off season in order for him to be ready for, for a 72 shortened seasoned um, schedule? And I don't know if, I don't know if he is, in, in that condition because time. yeah so we'll just have to see but i'd rather we'll take the I, I i'd rather take the nuggets on, on on that spectrum we'll see we'll see we'll see i um you know that song uh you know that song my neck my back <laughs> that's the joel Embiid. uh we can't we can't repeat we can't repeat all the lyrics on this on this podcast as a kid-friendly podcast but go look it up that's the uh, joel Embiid theme song what is it? My neck, my back, my Michael Doliak? Is that is that, is that what it is? Oh, wait, I no, think sorry. so. I think so. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, man. Let's hope that let's hope that the Nuggets can turn it around. It should be a close. It should be a close battle at the end. Um, if if he keeps up this this pace, then then yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. So yeah, maybe we should get on DraftKings after this and and potentially place a, a little little wager on that. Because that that seemed like some good odds. At least maybe sprinkle a little on both of them, right? Him and Embiid. All right. Most improved player. Most improved player. So this one, I had I had three guys that I was looking at from a DraftKings odds perspective. And then one guy that I was kind of surprised wasn't there. So I'll give you I'll give you a guess. Who do you think I was surprised? wasn't on that list wasn't on the DraftKings list I don't uh, know I, I can guess this one with a straight up with pretty easy confidence I think you wanted CJ McCollum on that list <laughs> wow that was incredible how did you do that <laughs> did I did I mention him in a text thread or something how did Dude, you I, I, I just I, I was just, just surprised he wasn't there I'm not saying he would win I'm saying I'm surprised I didn't even see him as an option He's averaging, I know he, he's averaged 20 points, over 20 points a few times in his career, uh, the, the past like five or six years, pretty much his entire career. But he's averaging now close to 27 a game. All of his numbers are up. His usage, his effective field goal percentage is, is pretty much 60. He's, I, I, I think he's definitely should be a candidate. I don't see why he doesn't have, maybe he's just been too good. You know the the two guy the the three guys that are on there that I think that are two of them I think are the heavy favorites right now and based on the odds they're the heavy favorites and then one who's I think got good value the two heavy favorites are are Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant they're Christian Woods plus one fifty Jeremy or one twenty five Jeremy Grant's plus three hundred I I definitely can see Christian Wood or Jeremy Grant winning this award because i think i think the thing for me is that like kind of similar to what i'm saying about cj i thought christian wood was great last year but i just think not enough people were talking about it because he was on the pistons what's interesting is i think jeremy grant has pretty much doubled his numbers because he's averaging 36 minutes a game or whatever it is his usage rate is out of control and people are talking about it because people know jeremy grant from denver 
So like, it's the opposite where like Christian Wood kind of grew into the player he is in Detroit. Jeremy Grant, people already knew was a good player, was going to play well in Detroit. I just don't, I don't like giving it. It's, uh, it's tough for me with that kind of player who plays on a team that really just requires him to shoot the ball every time. And, and, and that's not the guy that I think I would want to give the award to because I think about Julius Randle then. Then you got to think about Julius Randle on the Knicks. And do I think he deserves the most improved player of the year award? No, but if you're giving it to Jeremy Grant, you got to consider Julius Randle, who's averaging close to a triple-double, as we talked to talked about earlier, and, and the Knicks are playing pretty good basketball because of him. So to me, to me I, I, vo- I, just, I would vote against that if I had a vote, but I don't. And then I like Christian Wood. The, the guy who I think has, has great value but might have been also too good last year is Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, in my opinion, should be a is a candidate. He's at plus twenty five hundred on DraftKings, and to me, he's I mean he he was good last year. I always thought he was good, but he's taking a step from good to great on the offensive and defensive side of the ball to the point where I'm questioning whether Jason Tatum is the better player on that team. And I know in my heart of hearts that Jason Tatum has the higher potential, probably the better player. But I think that Jalen Brown's making a pretty good case for himself as a close, very close second, and on some nights, best player of that team. And if they could, if if he helps them and they end up being the first seed in the East, I don't see why why he can't win this award. Uh, Chris, Chris, tell me tell me why I'm wrong. Dude, I can tell you exactly why you're wrong. First off. The Jeremy Grant thing, everyone knew once he signed the massive contract coming out of Denver that they were just going to give him the ball. And honestly, I was I was considering just waiting for a little time to input. But whenever you're mentioning that, I was like, Julius Randle is the exact comparison. And no writer, <laughs> no writer is going to give it to a Julius Randle or Jeremy Grant type when they're on a team like the Detroit Pistons, or at least early on when Julius Randle was on the Knicks. And- he has the second best odds. Trust me, I get it. And he deserves the second best odds because what he's doing from a statistical standpoint would signify that, except when you consider the person who I think has the best odds out there on DraftKings right now, and that is the water boy, Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher is exceptionally dangerous. Here's why. They... You look at what they did this season. Thus far, they've played 13 games. For the first six games, or seven games, pardon me, Nick Nurse did not, quote-unquote, trust Chris Boucher. This was a, a heated thing where even the last couple seasons, and you can go back and look statistically, he just played lesser minutes. But when he's on the floor, he produces statistically. They're on a team that's going to succeed. So I'm just going to give you a small rundown of what his season totals are. His season totals as of this moment are 16 points per game in assists, seven rebounds, 0.6 steals, 2.5 blocks and 0.6 turnovers and a plus minus of 62 over the entirety of the 13 games, roughly. Chris Boucher in his last six games and tell me where this at, which is when he literally decided when Nick Nurse decided out of nowhere that we were going to ride with him because before that, The first seven, he played 14 minutes a game, 28 minutes a game, four minutes a game, 24, 28, 20, 15. From that point on, he's been 29, 23, 32, 29, 30, 27. Chris Boucher in his last six games is averaging 26, 
one, again, in assists, but eight rebounds, 0.6 steals, and 3.3 blocks with less turnovers. There's only been two games where Chris Boucher, after having more than 20 minutes played, has finished in the negative and plus minus. The man is dangerous. His PER, including the entire season, which is including the first seven games, or that's also part of it, is 29.8. His usage overall is 20 points, so it's not that high. He's putting up these numbers in spurts without the ball necessarily being directly in his hands. And if you look at previous seasons, there's a really good statistical evidence to put him just in that same kind of conversation as Jeremy Grant. Obviously, Christian Wood has been sensational. Harry and I spoke about him earlier on too. I'm pretty sure he was a guy that we highlighted in general as well. But, and he's going to continue to do what he's doing. But the question is, will that, and currently speaking, Wood's averaging 23.8, one, one assist, 10 rebounds, 0.6 deals, 1.7 blocks, and two turnovers a game with a pretty, with a decent like PER as well, 23.3, but a usage of 27.9. So you're getting a better PER with less usage from Boucher overall. And when you look at the teams and who's going to be probably winning more games and continuing to stay in the media, it's going to be Chris Boucher. And that's why I think at plus 1800, if I'm not mistaken, is the odds that I see on DraftKings. That's absurd. So get in on the water boy, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that, that's interesting. I, I'm a Ben's, Ben's give us your guy. And then I, I want to kind of, I want, I want to say what I want to, I want to comment on this Chris Boucher. I like the take. I like the take a lot. Most improved player. <clears throat> I had a couple, um, this one was tough for me just because there's been a lot of boys that have been bowling. I, li- I like your pick in Jeremy Grant. I, I like Christian Wood. I, I like, uh, you know, Boucher definitely caught me by surprise, but hey, like I said last week, shout out to the Raptors because they're trending up. I see them trending up and continuing to do that. I, on the other hand, have somebody else. Seth Curry. Seth oh. Curry is having a career year as we speak. Uh, he's averaging 17 points a game, which is the highest of his career. But not only that, boys, he's shooting 60% from the field. He's shooting 59% from three-point land, and he hasn't missed a free throw all season, 100%. Seth Curry is the most improved player in my eyes right now, He's and he's doing it on a team that's winning, that has Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, um, Joel Embiid. He's not even the – he's not uh, – he might be four or five option, um, and he may be a part of the 50, 40, 90 club which off the top of my head, I know Steve Nash and Larry Bird are the, probably the only ones that I can recall right now that have been a part. And I think Steph Curry as well. Yeah. Um, I think. So I got Seth. They're winning. They're making a push. And this is one of the reasons why I think they, the, the Philadelphia 76ers themselves might be able to make it out of the East because of contributions like that. So I, right now I, I'm, I'm taking Seth Curry. I don't know if DraftKings even has him on, on, on there. <laughs> I but, like uh, I, I I love that and it's so it's so crazy that we've said team. two guys we've said two guys that aren't even on DraftKings radar like you said a Benz you brought up a good point there's so many dudes that have been balling out this year and are better I wanted to say about you know what's funny about Chris Boucher I'm getting heavy deja vu 
from when Pascal Siakam made his leap. So I worry about our man Bobby Boucher because you see what happens to spicy what's happening to spicy peas not living up to expectations they got to rely on this new guy and it reminds me a lot of when spicy p was coming up and they had to stop relying on DeRozan cuz the man can't shoot three point shots and all of a sudden this guy Pascal Siakam is on the come up and he starts playing more minutes and he starts averaging more points so i just thought that was interesting i like both of your 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 takes though i think that i just really i don't even know how you vote on this. There's so many guys that are just playing so much better than they did last year. And in past years that it's to me, it's impossible. I like the take of taking a guy like Seth Curry, who's contributing to his team. Who's in first place. I like a guy like Chris Boucher. If the Raptors are trending up, if they start winning games, I like Christian Wood. He has the whole drama of, of, of Harden and Harden leaving, and then all of a sudden the whole weight carry is on his shoulders after the storylines of him not getting drafted, his girlfriend walking out on draft night, all that all that drama, and now he's potentially an all-star caliber, an all-star caliber player. Jeremy Grant just doubling his averages because his minutes have doubled this season. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and Jalen Brown just playing – almost near near mvp caliber basketball so yeah i don't know it's crazy and then we said julius randall too like there's guys like that who are just like you would never vote on them but you know when's the last time julius randall averaged a triple double can someone remind me high school <laughs> preschool elementary I will tell you, I do have uh, the stack guy in here again. It says that Larry Bird has been in the 50-40-90 club twice. Malcolm Brogdon, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Reggie Miller, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and Mark Price. Steph Cur- so, Steph Curry, maybe? Steph Curry. I mean, you never know. You never know. Seth, Seth could be uh, the second member. So, hey, listen, boys. Well, you, did you hear those names? Did you hear those names? Yo, Malcolm I mean, Brogdon. Also shout dude, shout out Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, he's he too good. He's too good. He's too good for most improved player, but he's balling out too. Trade dog. Anyway, so so this is this is why we're having this conversation right here. Cause Chris and I, I already know who his guy is. He already knows who my who knows who I, who my guy is. So maybe we let Aben start off with this one. But who do you guys got right now for rookie of the year? I got my boy out in Charlotte, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Finally, Michael Jordan, if you're listening to this podcast, at your Boilers podcast, you finally got it right. Congratulations. I'm taking LaMelo Ball right now. I just think this dude's an absolute stud. He rebounds the ball. He can push the tempo. He controls the game. He's tough. He's gritty. He's aggressive. He's not, he's not afraid to shoot um, like his brother Lonzo. I'm sorry, Lonzo. I like you, but... Let's be honest. You're not. You're definitely not the top-notch offensive player in the family. So I just got. I got to give it to them. And the Hornets have been playing pretty solid. You know, they got off to a shaky start, but now you know their guard play is really. It, it's it's solid. Um. So I'm gonna give it to Lamelo Ball. You know, there was a lot of haters uh, of Lamelo in high school. There was a lot of haters when uh, he went overseas. But I think I'm happy for him. He matured. He went overseas. He uh, paid his dues. And now he's in the NBA showing, like, you know what? Yeah, I can ball. We're not going to remember his first game in the NBA, though, because that stat line, unacceptable. But hey, You can't but, choose what you remember. But, Chris, 
but I got Lamelo. No, it's a perfect leading because I'm in the same boat. I have I have Lamelo Ball, and I believe DraftKings is in the same wave. The funny thing is, I, I I genuinely believe that the first two to three games were just a level of incompetence from a gentleman named Jimmy Barreros. I believe is the head coach of the of the Charlotte Hornets. Barreros, Barreros, doesn't matter. The bottom line is he only played in his first couple games. Let me make sure I get this right. 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and 20 minutes. I'll do the same thing that I did with Chris Boucher, and I'll do it with LaMelo Ball. When you take his accounting stats for any game that he included for 20 minutes or up, and I could put it a little bit higher, but I want to be just on that, making that a solid number, because that's a pretty pretty decent, sizable rotation chunk. He averages 12.6 points, 6.8 assists, 7.4 rebounds, nearly half a block, and he's still only operating in that stretch, which is essentially excluding the first two games where he only played 15 minutes apiece at 26 minutes. His minutes should skyrocket because honestly, and I'll say it, everyone knows it, Devontae Graham can't shoot. Devontae Graham is a terrible shooter. He's yeah, what happened a, with that? After, after having a breakout season, after having a breakout season. Yeah, what the hell? Season, what the hell happened with that? The man's two-point percentage is actually worse than his three-point percentage, if I'm not mistaken. As of as of last I checked, which was last night, which was 118, Devontae Graham was averaging under 30% from two and just over 30% from three in general. Like it's 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 atrocious how they're keeping him out there and holding back what is a young guy who can continue to make a difference. His turnovers are going to be a little high, but that's what happens when you have a new ball handler. And he's, he's a rookie inside the system. But defensively speaking, he's already a positive when it comes to defensive win shares. He's already a positive when it comes to the offensive win shares. And you look at his usage, which I believe is at 23.7. And mind you, that also has the included the 15 minutes a game type thing too. That's only going to go up as Devontae Graham kind of starts to take more and more of a backseat. There's no excuse for, for LaMelo Ball not to be playing at least 31 minutes a game and to continue to smash his stats. And, so, and, and, and I just want to add one thing to that, Chris. Yeah. I've seen him play. Must watch TV. The way he's out there playing, some of the things he's doing, you're like, got, wow. Yeah, he's got the gift of passing. He's got the gift of passing. Harry, I know who you're going with, so I'll let you ride. And then I have rebuttals prepared. So I'm here. <laughs> here. And A-Benz, I think you'll enjoy them. I think you'll enjoy them, and I think you'll be able to, to pile on. So where do I start here? Where do I start here? So you mentioned something about about Boucher that I I think applies here about how Chris Boucher does all he does all that he does and doesn't need the ball in his hands necessarily to do it. And I think that's a big reason why Look, I don't know who necessarily is going to win rookie of the year, but for me personally, the guy that I think should win it, the guy that I think I want, the guy that I think should, yeah, at this point, obviously, I don't know. He could have zero points a game the rest of the season, right? But at this point, who I think should win it and who I would want on my team for the next five, 10 years is Tyrese Halliburton. And it's close. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you that it's, it's, um, he, I, he's blowing LaMelo out of the water, but the guy doesn't need the ball in his hands, right? He plays with Darren Fox as the point guard. Darren Fox does all the ball handling, has the highest usage. 
Lamelo's Lamelo's usage rate is like you said. What it's I have it up here. It's four. Uh, sorry, Tyrese's usage rate is fourteen point six. Lamelo's is twenty three point seven. So with a significantly higher usage rate, ten almost ten points higher. Tyrese Halliburton is averaging almost the same amount of points per game, and and their their minutes. Tyrese plays on average three minutes more a game, I think. So he does average a few more minutes a game. But let me give you this th- this statistic real quick that I think is just incredible. Okay. First of all, actually, before I do that, first of all, I wanted to say Lamelo actually is surprising me. Not even in the assist category where his specialty lies or what people say his specialty lies. He's only averaging one more assist a game than than Halliburton. He's actually killing him on the boards, which is great. Which I applaud. Good job, Lamelo. Lamelo, you've been really impressive. Don't don't take any of this wrong. Like. I'd I'd be happy if the Knicks had either of you guys on <laughs> on the squad, trust me. But so I'm going to give you this stat real quick that I thought was just fascinating. So LaMelo LaMelo Ball, his effective field goal percentage for this season is 40 Do you guys know what effective field goal percentage is? So just for the listeners out there, effective field goal percentage is basically accounting for the fact that a three-pointer is worth three points, if that makes sense, and that a free throw is worth one point. Or sorry, free throw is not even included in there. But basically, a good effective field goal percentage is usually around 55-ish percent. LaMelo's effective field goal percent, 47.7. Tyrese Halliburton's effective field goal percentage is 65% for this season. I'm can I can I give you guys the top 20 all time I'm going to give you the top 20 all time seasons it's not it, it some of them are the same guy so it's not 20 guys but the top 20 seasons of of, of effective field goal percentage ready oh man can I can I, can I list guess three names that yeah yeah DeAndre Jordan Rudy Gobert and I'll throw Steph Curry in there for good measure too no Steph Curry is not in there DeAndre Jordan Rudy Gobert Mitch Robinson has the highest ever from last year. Wilt Chamberlain, Tyson Chandler, Artis Gilmore, Duncan Robinson from last year. That's actually Clint Capella, Jared Allen. I I think I might, no, I didn't mention it yet. Thomas Bryant. And those are, those are the guys that have averaged that have a 64 or that they're, those are, Basically, that's who Tyrese Halliburton's in the camp with. The only guy that's not a center out of all those guys is Duncan Robinson. So this guy's this guy's shooting. This guy's also almost at 50. If you want to talk 50, 40, 90, this guy's damn near close to 50, 40, 90. If I could just pull up his his three point his three point percentage is 51. His field goal percentage is 52. And it, overall. His free throw percentage is the only thing lacking at 82. I mean, what do you want though? 82% is still pretty high. And yeah, I just, for me, I feel like the things that he does off the ball, I was wa- when I was watching them a couple weeks ago, we had a bet in on the true ballers podcast uh, book. We had a bet uh, the bulls against the Kings and this man, the Aaron Fox went out with an injury and this man took over the game, bro. Like took over as if he was a savvy veteran on the team as if he was the best player on the team. And I believe that he could be the best player on that team in a couple in, in he might be now, but give him more time and experience and he could be better than De'Aaron Fox easily, easily. 
So that's my guy. I think I think he's the best rookie of his class. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't talked about James Wiseman yet, but Chris, give me your give me your rebuttal. Give me why I'm tell me why I'm wrong, and and then we'll we'll go into we'll go into James Wiseman a little bit because I, I want to touch on him. But I'm so excited. So Harry, to start off, the effective field goal percentage, vastly vastly good argument. The problem is there's something there's regression. Regression always happens. It's regression to the mean. In terms of three point percentage, do you know what Tyrese Halliburton shot in college? No. Does, doesn't matter. He shot, he shot 42% from a closer range. He's shooting fit, nearly 51% as of right now. In terms of he's taking it. Win, okay. In terms of defensive <laughs> win shares. Oh, I'm not done. I'm not done yet. Go. In terms of defensive Go. win shares, he's actually a negative 0.1, which means defensively he's not as strong as people are giving him credit for, according to that statistic. I have I've only watched about three or four of the Sacramento Kings games. I haven't seen him flash as a defender. I haven't seen him be bad. So I think that, that that rating is being pretty much neutral is fine. When you look at a player like LaMelo Ball at 0.6, and that's because of how big he is and what he can do, just being able to be that that person that's going to make your average height go up in general too, is so strong. Then on top of that, you look at Tyrese Halliburton, what he's capable of. Again, he's shooting 50% from the field. He's shooting 51% from three. Is that because he's not necessarily the focal point in the offense? He's being able to take a lot of set shots, let the game come to him. LaMelo Ball playing with the ball in his hand, no pun intended, is someone that's going to probably struggle from percentages, but he'll make up for it in other areas, whether it's defensively, whether it's by making plays with assists, and also, like you said, the massive advantage in rebounds. And I'll say in terms of the season totals, Halliburton's averaging 2.6 and, or sorry, 2.7 and Lamella's averaging 6.8. So the stats are there to show that even though right now the points are comparable, if let's say for a reason you see a drop off from, from Halliburton in terms of from 50, 50.2% back to his college average, which would even be kind at 42 that's still going to impact his field goal percentage. That'll come back under 50% most likely. A three-point percentage will drop. The field, the free throw percentage actually should increase, in my opinion. I think that he's probably a better free throw shooter than that a little bit. I think he can get closer to 84 by the end of the year. But in general, you look at everything and what LaMelo Ball can do. And I think I'd rather have the Sacramento Kings roster rather than outside of LaMelo, like outside of LaMelo Ball and outside of Harold Burton, I'd rather have the Sacramento Kings roster than I would the Charlotte Hornets. Except for Hassan Whiteside, that guy can go kick rocks. That's a different thing. But so with all with all that in mind, I, I want to see I want to see what what Avans thinks. Okay, go for it. I think I I like Tyrese. I wanted Tyrese on the Knicks. I, I did. Um, but the, the the one thing that stood out for me in all that discussion was Lamelo has the ball in his hands at all times times when he's in the game. And I think in order for someone to win rookie of the year, it's, it's not all about the stats, you know, the PERs, the, you guys were bringing out some stats. Yeah. It's great and all, but at the end of the day, what we see, what the writer sees, what the voter sees. Um, I, I think we're seeing LaMelo ball develop into a genera- generational type of, uh, Guard was he's six 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 seven, and six, six eight I think. 
Yeah, and 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 I I think he might grow even a little more. They said Jason Tatum grew to six ten, right? Is that is that what Brad Stevens said, uh, Harry? Something like that. But my point is, Chris, what you what you said, he the ball is in his hands when he's in the game. He's making the plays. He's making the decisions. Whereas in Sacramento, I kind of like how you worded it. Tyrese has a lot of opportunity for set shots. Um, he for the game to come to him, you don't really see him taking the game over. He has the capability. But I just think it's a system that De'Aaron Fox is the main ball handler there. Um, whereas in Charlotte, we have Scary Terry, who's having a really good season. So shout out Scary Terry. Um, but as you mentioned, Devontae Graham is playing very subpar. We want to see LaMelo Ball play. And I think at the end of the day, we're seeing him play. We're seeing him develop. He had a triple-double a couple nights ago, the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double. Um so I, I think they're both compelling arguments. Um, we're just going to have to see on this one. I like both picks because, hey, I like Harry said, no knock against any of them. I, I would love to have either Halliburton or, uh, or LaMelo. No shot Obi. at Obi. No shot at Obi. No, no, no shot at Obi. <laughs> but, I, but I would like to say one thing. If the Knicks continue to trend up and IQ makes his way into the starting lineup, I think we have to talk about him, but this, we're not talking about the Knicks right now. This is a month or two down the road. Yeah. This is this because shout out to IQ. He is playing solid basketball, really knows how to run a team and can get buckets. That's all I'm saying. That floater, that floater. I, I, I have to, I have to say, and I don't think it matters in the slightest in this conversation, but I strongly disagree with the take that, Charlotte or that the Kings have a better roster than Charlotte. I, I could not disagree more with that take, but that's, I think it's completely besides the point. I don't think it actually should make a difference in this. I don't think they both have good. They both have pretty bad. They both have pretty bad rosters, but, (laughs) but but I would, but if you're telling me that I could pair a De'Aaron Fox, one guy, one guy, one guy, I, one I mean, guy who, who's I, been hurt, who's been yeah. hurt a couple times this season. But then it's like Rashawn Holmes, bro. Well, and Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill, Buddy Hill. All right, PJ, PJ yeah. Washington, Gordon Hayward, Devonte Graham has been trash, but Gordon, Gordon Hayward has been playing like a monster. Scary Terry has been playing like an but, absolute fiend. As but, much but as are you taking Biombo over a Bagley? Dude, Bagley actually has been bad, but I, 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 I would as, definitely as I would take, as I, I would, said I would take in episode Bag- one, I would take Bagley over Biombo, but not over. I don't know if I take him over PJ Washington, but anyway, I legitimately think Hassan Whiteside needs to be out of the league. But that's <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. Like I said, that's not even that's aside from the point. Uh, I really like how people that when when you don't have the argument against stats, the argument is. Well, who really cares about stats anyway? No, <laughs> but uh, but uh, but I'm just playing. I I think that there's there's good arguments to be made for both of them, but I I think that Tyrese Halber. You said the eye test, eh, Ben's. I've watched Lamelo play a couple times, and I'm just like, you know, he makes some good plays, some flashy passes that end up on ESPN. But besides that, like when I watch Halliburton play, I'm like, I'm if I'm when I bet when I bet against Halliburton, this is a great way. And anyone out there, if you if you want to really like find out how good someone is or how good a team is, bet against them. Bet against them and watch your team against them. If you're scared shitless while they have the ball in their hand, you know they're probably a pretty good player. 
Um, I'm not scared when if I, I w- we haven't really bet too much. We've actually been betting on the Hornets more than against them. But and they've been and they've been uh, pretty successful. They've been successful covering those ten and a half point spreads that they and, get. And Harry, with that, I got one more stat to lay out there for you. The Kings in general are minus one twenty nine on the season for the five and nine record. With Tyrese, they're still minus ninety one. And this actually might actually lend credence to your idea of what the team's doing. The Hornets are minus seven with a six and eight record, plus two when Lamella Ball plays. Overall overall and mind you and that's at the 20 minute mark plus. sacramento's play sacramento's play i don't know who, what exactly the the uh, schedules have been but i can almost guarantee sacramento's had a harder schedule they probably have but at the same like time, much the, harder the question becomes again if you're talking about bet, like the reason why we've actually had as a group some success betting against the hornets is that they are so close to even typically speaking when it comes to point spreads overall throughout the course of the year Compared to Sacramento, where, like you said, you get scared shitless and Sacramento gets blown out a couple times, but the rest of it, they're they're competitive as hell. So they're firing mm. on all cylinders when, they, when they're actually in their games. It's tough. And I'm surprised that, you know, we, we could easily be wrong on both of these guys because it could e- very e- we easily be James Wiseman that wins this award. Oh, if the, I, got, I got 30 it, seconds on that, too. If, if, if the war, I, I want it, but if the Warrior, I was just going to say one thing, if the Warriors end up, making the playoffs as like a four or five seed and James Wiseman's averaging a double, double. I think that it's almost, I, I don't want to say guaranteed, but I would, I would think it's pretty close to guaranteed that, that he would win rookie of the year. I'll, I'll lay it out as simply as the fact that they don't play him in the fourth quarter because they can't trust him yet in the fourth quarter. And I think the writers recognize that if the guy's not playing in winning time, then as much as they're doing in, try- in terms of trying to develop him for the first four quarters, or at least when the game's semi out of hand, either way, late. And that's when he fouls a lot. He also fouls a lot. He's just def- and, and, I, and I think that his, his decision making suspect. That's I, I think that comes back to uh, uh, I like how you brought that up. I think that just and Harry, I do agree. I, I think Wiseman is going to be a dog um, later on. Just he's not ready right now. I think Draymond Green is grooming him. But I think when we look at Halliburton and when we look at Lamelo. Halliburton had his years in college. LaMelo played overseas. These boys have experience handling the ball. And yes, I do believe Halliburton's IQ is higher than LaMelo's, but I think LaMelo ball still has greater potential. On the Wiseman end of the spectrum, I don't think he's played enough. Did he play like two or three games in college straight out of high school? So I, I just don't think he has enough time under his belt um, for him to be considered for uh, you know rookie of the year. But hey, we'll see. I mean, the Golden State Warriors out of the three teams are trending up. So, hey, man, doesn't matter what you do before the NBA, just matters what you do during it. But I agree that he's not playing enough in the fourth quarter, but I think that'll change. He's played, it's kind of reminded me of Mitch a little bit in that respect, where like, it's like, dude, why do you have four fouls? It's the second quarter. Shape, shape up. We need you out there. If he can do that, though, they could be really dangerous if he could figure that out because he has a jump shot, too. So, anyway. Um, thank you guys for, for disagreeing with my Halliburton take. I am, listen, it is, it's going to be a fun ride. We're going to do this again in, in probably a month, a month or two, see where we're at. I'm sure everything will be completely different by that time. We're going to Jokic, Jokic is going to be averaging a triple double still, but other than that, everything's going to fall off. Randall's going to be down to 15 a game. The Knicks are going to be what, how many wins do they have now? Six or seven. 
We're six we're, and eight, baby. We six and eight. Baby. We're gonna we're gonna be six and fourteen by that time. Let's so, go. <laughs> so yeah, let's get it. Uh, real quick, real quick, our betting. So for our listeners, we're gonna split up. So what used to be a team collaborative effort on the betting side, we're gonna split up now and do a little competition, little Chipotle, maybe a, a seasonal Chipotle bet. Myself, Chris, and A Benz are gonna each have our own betting sheet. We're gonna post whenever. It, each time one of us makes a bet, we're going to post it on IG. So make sure to follow us at, at True Ballers Pod on Instagram to see all of our updates and to see how each of our individual books are going for that, for, for, for the season, for the rest of the season. I'm super excited to bust these boys up in, in some, some, uh, some, some draft Kings action. But hey, you know, we'll see. We'll see who ends up getting that, that Chipotle win. How are we going to do it though? Because you know, there's three of us. So how do we do a Chipotle? I guess like you just get two Chipotles. Wait, I guess, yeah. Hell yeah, <laughs> bro. You get double burrito, double meat, is, double is, meat. Whoever's in first place gets double, bro. Double meat, bro. Double meat. Yeah, carne, I don't know, that I don't know carne, if I'm going to word it like that. But that hey, carne, listen, the carne asada. That carne uh, asada. Hey, listen, I'll take some carne asada with some lemon juice. Um, yeah. so. Get a drink, get some chips. By the time you're done, uh, yeah, by the time I want you're the full deal, 20, boys. So that's like $15.99. So, I mean, I know we say the $10 Chipotle bowl bet, but, uh, I want all the perks. That's all you'll, I'm saying. You'll be able and to get. Chips. You'll be able to get two. You'll be able to get that and some when when if if you win this bet, a Benz. There you go. Which so. which you know I probably will just because I'm the ultimate competitor. So good luck, guys. But uh, I we need to call first. up. We need to call up Chipotle and get them to sponsor us because yeah, I feel like we've done like ten Chipotle bets and they've probably gotten so much free publicity from us. I've I actually like- I've actually was in contact with the regional manager a month ago because they uh, forgot my chips. So I'll send out an email and see if we can get. Some- <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and uh, it's funny. I actually, you know, they sent the card through mail and uh, I got two uh, free meals with two bags of chips. So. I'll reach out to her. Um, you know, she's a nice lady. Uh, so we'll see how that how that goes. So are you saying those coupons are for grabs? Is that? Right? <laughs> oh, I already used them up, bro. I already used them up. Oh, <laughs> the very right. next day, I was in there, yo, getting my chips. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks guys for joining. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. A Benz, let us know how that goes with the regional manager, bro. Could I could I give could I give my <laughs> weekly shout out? Because I do this okay. all the time. I gave out a weekly shout out two weeks ago to Steph Curry when, you know, things weren't going well and they've been trending up. I gave a little shout out to the Raptors last week. You know, now they're starting to trend up this week. It's the magical shout it. out, the magical shout out. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to give it, you know, I got to give my shout out this week to, to IQ. On oh, the Knicks. Okay. Okay. I, I, really I thought you were going to say the Knicks in general. I was like, no, 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 no. no. I, yeah, after, after the, after the rant I went on last week, I'm not going to focus on them. <laughs> But I will give a shout out to IQ, and I just think um, he's finally just letting the game come to him. I felt like he was doing that in the beginning of the season. Then he kind of got caught up with the media, the New York media, you know how it is once they start losing. So I just want to give a quick shout out to him. Keep doing your thing. Keep bowling. Keep scoring the ball. Let's go next. Let's go next, baby. Good shout out. All right. We'll take care, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>